This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Dinky Donuts. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 69. Today's guest is Wayne Kennan. Wayne was the director of photography on Seinfeld from 1992 to 1998, spanning the end of season three through season nine. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, pass it on. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at This Thirsty, at This Thirsty. Enjoy. This podcast is Making Me Thirsty, episode 69, Wayne Kennan. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. Today's guest, the two-time primetime Emmy nominee. He has worked as a director of photography on hundreds of TV shows, including New Heart, Rules of Engagement, King of Queens, News Radio, and Get a Life. And of course, he was a director of photography on Seinfeld from 1992 to 1998, spanning seasons three through season nine. We are super excited to talk with him. Please welcome Wayne Kennan. Thank you, Wayne, for joining us. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Right. Wayne, welcome to the program. San Diego State grad. Um, so take us back. 1992, right? Um, I think your first episode was the limo with Seinfeld, right? And that was, you know, probably the fifth to last episode. So how did, I know you you had a long run on Newhart. You were doing Get a Life. Like, How'd the whole Seinfeld job come about? Uh, I had finished Newhart and I had finished another show called Uncle Buck. And then after that, I did a show called uh, Get a Life with great Chris Elliott. Yeah, great yeah. show. So I agree. And uh, uh, I was out of work. I had a wife, I had two kids. And I was, I literally had gone on the lot to visit a friend of mine. And uh, I was walking, you know, back from the lot. Um, and I crossed paths with the producer of uh, Seinfeld who said, Hey, are you working? And I said, No, you want a job? I said, Yes. <laughs> and that was that. Wow. Wow. Who was, who was the producer by chance? Do you remember? Well, at that time it was Tom Sharonis, and but the person who had asked me was his his uh, like first assistant from production manager named Joan Van Horn. And I had done a pilot with her, and we, that's how we knew each other. But it was just that kind of a thing, you know, being in the that, right place at the time. That's such a Seinfeld thing, right? But what's what's interesting it was, yeah, like I said, that was almost at the end of season three, right? So is there like an, like, is there an interview process? Do you interview with Sharonis and Larry David? Like how, how does that work in your, in your. With Larry David, I interviewed with just with uh, Sharonis who was, you know, I, Larry and Jerry were sort of new to show running and production and, and stuff. And they did, in fact, they, they brought in a whole different way of doing things which, you know, which when I'm not saying it, uh, they obviously were doing something right, okay? <laughs> right. But it was not saying I'm questioning at all. 
but uh, um, uh, it, yeah, it was that kind of a uh, an interesting deal, and and plus, it, at the time I took over the show, it was a they were all very young actors. You know, they they still have, they were cosmetically young, right? Um, so you mentioned, you know, Sharon is obviously who we love. Um, You're I'm muted. Mute. Yeah, I was on mute. Sorry. Um, you mentioned Tom Sharon is who we love. And, um, you know, I'm assuming as director of photography, you have your hands on, on, on many different facets of the show. Um, you know, lighting, directing, the set design, even. Um, can you just take for our audience, maybe take us through what a week of shooting looks like for someone in your position who's, you know, in charge of, of all this, you know, I'm assuming you work closely with, with the director, but I'm sure you have your hands in everything. Can you kind of just take us through what it looks like uh, on Seinfeld specifically for, for, you know, your position as director of photography, you know, what is your role? Well, the whole thing about Seinfeld, I think that, that needs to be, the, the, you know, when we first started, they were, they were more ready uh, week to week. But as the show progressed, we would literally go into a production meeting on a Friday afternoon, um, you know, because we were going to start shooting Monday. And, and they would give us, uh, uh, the, they, sometimes they didn't even have a script and they'd send the writer into the room to tell us what they think is going to happen. Wow. And, uh, you know, so... The, it would not so much for my department, but the, the other departments like wardrobe um, and in the art department, you know, were going, oh, my God. And they would be picking up the phone and say and telling that, you know, Western costumes stay open, just stay open. We'll pay for it. You know, it was a kind of a neat thing in that sense that that it was more important to get it done than it was to worry about how much it cost. <laughs> And it worked. Right, right. So what do you what do you remember about do you remember the first episode, the limo? It happens to be a top, I think three episode for us of all time. I mean, talk yeah, about right coming in. Yeah. My number one episode of all time. Yes. And if you if you have a couple seconds, I'll tell you why. Yeah. I, sure? I got hired. We came in to like this uh, you know, set that was it was actually I think show number thirty-six. Can you uh, I think I think it was show 36 and so we came in and we we uh uh how can I explain yes this? it was 36 by the way yeah funny. and it was and so we were shooting a bulk of it over at Paramount Studios on the back lot it just happened to be in the middle of a very stormy week and so I had gone out on, uh, we were out on the back lot of Paramount. And I said, okay, uh, what, I said, here's what we can do. Let's, let's walk through the whole thing, get marks. We'll set it up. We'll, we'll know that we're ready to shoot this whole sequence of the limo. Or, you know, I don't know if you guys remember the episode, but they're driving in. Yes, we were. There, and it, you know, it tends to be the, the Nazis and all this stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and so we went through the whole thing. It was pouring rain. It was literally pouring rain while we were doing this with the actors and umbrellas and stuff. And so I said, let's do this. Let's 
let's uh, let's get everything blocked and we'll get everything lit. And then when this lets up, we'll just go. And we did, and it worked. And and plus I had this beautiful uh, uh, wet down of the whole the whole back lot of, of uh, Paramount, you know, with, you know, it was great. It was, I could, I couldn't have been any luckier. That was probably one of the luckiest moments of my, of my life as a cinematographer was having all that happen. And it worked that it was my first episode. We also had on that episode, uh, God, I can't remember their, their names. They used to do all the rear screen projection, this one family. It was a family owned business. And I think we were one of the last shows to ever use them. Uh, and we actually had a big screen set behind the limo, uh, a rear projection screen. And, a, and, a, and they brought in this giant projector to roll that uh, footage in, you know, of us driving through Manhattan. Yeah, that episode, uh, unbelievable. And that was, you know, one of the rare, and it's your first episode, one of the rare ones that like, don't take place in, in Jerry's apartment. Right. And the yeah, other thing, no apartment. it finally, it stopped raining. We shot it all. And then it started raining again and the rest was history for me, you know, and it was just one of those great moments when everything worked. When it yeah. shouldn't have. Right. I, the episode's amazing. And I love when those stories come together like that, especially being your first episode, I guess that showed you uh, what good things were, were, were in store. Um, on, it all, uh, I, I made it rain. I made it stop. <laughs> Well, that was one of the um, we had we had come up with a couple of um, stills of a couple of shots and a couple of episodes. We thought maybe we'd quickly go through with you and you can kind of give us your thoughts. And that actually was one of them. So we can maybe go to the slides and then, uh, you know, we'll skip that one because you already got the story on that one. But the, we, the scene, you know, where Kramer's playing basketball and pretending he's playing basketball in the, in the street was yeah. what we're going to ask you about. Um, this one here is from The Watch, which is inside Kramer's apartment which I'm not sure we had seen yet. If we had, it was maybe one other time, but this is also, um, you know, a well shot scene as far as like the lighting and the way it looks with Kramer on the couch and the background. Um, we were thinking, you know, before you came on, we were talking too that, you know, maybe this is a different question, but this, this scene and the scene in the limo you just talked about really um, exemplify the early seasons of Seinfeld, meaning basically three through five or six. Um, well, and it was very dark. A lot of it was dark and dimly lit and a little bit, you know, New York City-ish and a little bit gritty. And then the later seasons got much brighter and, and fluffier and brighter. And we just kind of wanted your kind of take on that maybe. Uh, well, like I'm looking at this scene, this scene right here. I, I don't remember the episode, I'm sorry, uh, but, uh, it, but this is the look that we went for. We went for a more, uh, what do you want to call it, a, a dramatic look, because uh, it could handle it. And uh, and like I said, so could the actors. Some actors don't look good under this kind of lighting, but these guys look great. And you got to remember, their characters were, were diabolically bad people. <laughs> you right. know? So I think me, I think that 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 uh, you know entered in, and well, nobody ever complained about it. They all loved it, and so I I kept it up. Uh, I think we may we may have gotten a little more uh, genteel on the actors later because just because they age. Uh, Julia had a couple kids during this time, 
um, uh, you know, so we tried to, we didn't, you know, we wanted them to look good, but we also tried to keep as much as we could and maintain the, uh, uh, a little more contrast compared to most sitcoms. Yeah, there you go. So, so for the, uh, for the listening audience at home, this is the opera episode with Crazy Joe Devola dressed as a, a clown intimidating Kramer, but to Tony's point earlier, I mean, the darkness of this, the grittiness of New York City. What do you take us back to this one? Oh, yeah, this was this was exactly, <laughs> you know, it, this is just a couple of lights was all we used here just to, you know, keep it from becoming a uh, a flatly lit sitcom. And, and, and this worked perfectly. You know, this I, I love this scene. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just remembering this stuff. You know. Yeah, no, it's great, man. This is what we love. Um, Nights when I have trouble going to sleep, and I'll have to ask myself, I don't remember this. (laughs) Did I do this? (laughs) What's next, Ohio? Oh, this is um, this is from the trip in L.A. when uh, Kramer's being interrogated as the uh, smog strangler with the light above him, and you know, this is a this is an amazing scene as well. You know, just. well, you know, you, the main thing about being able to do stuff like this is have directors and showrunners who say, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, do that. You know, yeah, we like that, you know, and this was so fun to shoot. You know, I mean, there's really only one light coming down from the top and then that guy over there on the side, you know, who's by the telephone. It's It was such a fun, fun show to shoot in that sense, particularly for a sitcom. So Wayne, we often hear, you know, Jerry actually speaks about it, the show being so handmade. There were so many, there were so few people on set, right? Like yourself, Sharonis, Larry David. So a scene like this, does this get shot and it's, they know right away it's perfect? Or did you ever like in the editing room, like, ah, this doesn't look right and have to kind of reshoot some of this stuff? Any Oh no, we never. I don't. I don't remember reshooting anything. The only the only thing they ever did, and it was a uh, you know we we did a lot. We I worked with a really great guy on uh, on special effects, and uh, uh, the driving shots, of course, are are just about all you know. We're doing them on stage against a blue screen or a green screen, and we're adding the. Uh, 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 the, the the footage of the car moving, you know, from the angles of the car, and um, the whole thing about that was we developed a very I would in its day I thought we were doing really good work, and so did Ski. His name Scott uh, was the guy who was the uh, thing, and and then what happened was the one time. Somebody transferred the, uh, when, I, when I say transferred, that means going from film to tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they can edit uh, film to digital. And uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry looked at me and said, and called me over and said, Wayne, that, that driving shot last night, because he saw it on TV. He says, look like a 1950s horror movie. Calls <laughs> <laughs> and found out that our normal our normal guy who transfers had not done it, 
So it, it was a real mismatch. And they went back, even after it aired that night, they went back and redid it. I mean, in post, not nothing we had to reshoot because we had given them the right, you know, the right stuff. They had just misused it. It was somebody who was probably new and, you know, it's probably better now. Yeah, it's an eye for detail. That's an eye for detail. That. Uh, so Wayne, here we have. I know we talked about this a little bit, but just quickly. I mean, I don't know what it is like the and the limo. Like this feels like New York City versus some of the the later episodes. You know. Up, well, I think I think one thing Players. about the was just being, that Paramount backlot is really a nice New York. It's small compared to most of Hollywood. But it's a small back lot of New York City, you know. And uh, um, in fact, that limo episode, uh, we shot it, and and they liked it so much, Jerry and Larry. They wanted, yeah. There, that's a that that I, I was so pleased with how this worked. Uh, it you can see it, how wet everything. Is. Yeah. So everything, that that was the rain you were talking about. That wasn't. Uh... Where it just Perfect. let up for us to shoot this scene, get them in the limo, and get them out of there. And uh, um, I, I'm sorry, what was my point again? You asked me <laughs> kind of the the, the grittiness. We just, just love the, uh, the the Zara. We just love the grittiness and like the the dark overtones of the episodes, and then the 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 way you, the shots, um, you know help enhance that of these earlier seasons. And this is a perfect example of what you were talking about earlier. It's just, um, you know, how, how in the earlier seasons, a lot of the episodes were a bit darker and the tone of the show is a bit darker and everything had that dim lights here and there. And a lot like the crazy Joe Devola one we showed you before. Now this is another one and a good example of it. And how about yeah. Tony, take this one in. So this is interesting. This is from the parking space um where you know they're they're going to parallel park and um you know we had mike moffat on who was in this uh, lee arenberg who was in this episode as mike moffat and he explained that this shot went so long this day of shooting went so long that it became light and dark as you see in these two pictures it's almost nighttime in one picture and daytime in the other um we were under the impression that you guys did that as a trick to make it look like it was a long day of them out there with the cars but it turns out it sounds like it was just a long shoot do you recall this episode at all Yes, now, now that you said, because I was I was confusing it with the parking place in the underground parking. No, right. yeah, this one this one was a it was one of those days, and I and I looked at my, my you know my crew and I said, get some more lights out here. This is gonna it's gonna get dark, and so I, I went to the producer or I or the director or somebody. And I said, hey, listen, can we make a transition tonight because we're not gonna you know the way this is going, I got to, because the film isn't, you know, you know, gonna record uh, how, how dark it's getting unless we make it a night scene. And then they were all for it. They, they in fact, they liked it. And it kind of add, I think it worked fine because they, they needed a place to, uh, uh, you know, show how long they'd been sitting there fighting over a parking place. <laughs> But I remember that very well, yes. Yeah, literally in this 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 photo on the left, it's literally five seconds before it turns dark on the right. It just it was always so interesting. But more importantly, Wayne, what do you remember about this scene? That's me. 
That's yes. <laughs> yeah, how do you like do you uh go up to Larry David and say well, you got some for me this like how the, how did this come about? <laughs> no, what had happened was uh and it happened every once in a while on the show, they'd say, Okay, we have time to shoot another shot. We don't have we don't have background. So crew, come on in. And I said, Okay, I want to be behind uh, J- <laughs> Jerry and Julie because I know I'll make this sh- I know I'll make <laughs> broadcast <laughs> so that's why i'm there <laughs> that's great hey we we like to talk to a lot of you know a lot of guests we have on we try and get their take on um on larry david just because you know he's he's iconic at this point and uh you know you had the pleasure of working with him for for quite a while what's your favorite larry david story you have from uh from on the set as far as when he was running the show there with you okay my my favorite Larry David story. I don't know if you remember the uh, episode of the whale. Yes. Where, yeah, where where you know where uh, Kramer obviously got a hole in one. And George had pulled the 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 golf ball out of the whale. You know that was the thing. Uh, they had wanted to get Richard Donner's um, Free Willy um, uh, uh, whale. For for the you know we were gonna they they wanted to go out and shoot it in the ocean with Jason you know reaching in and get or Kramer making a hole in one and then Jason reaching in and so I happened to be walking by the in those days that we didn't still we didn't have uh, cell phones and they, they weren't common they were there but they weren't common they they still had this thing called the stage phone which is a a two phones on a uh, on a pedestal. And so, and so Larry's on the phone. I happen to walk by and I can hear him saying to Glenn, uh, who's, who's a, who's, who was the show, not, not the showrunner, but the, the rep from, uh, uh, Castle Rock. Castle Rock. <laughs> and he's on the phone with Glenn and, and he's saying, well, listen, we write these shows. I don't know how much they cost. Well, we wanted a whale. I, you know, if we can't have the whale, we won't have the whale. But I, you know, I don't know how much they cost. And and apparently Richard Donner would not even let the whale go from it was over stored over at Warner Brothers, you know, and let it go out. <laughs> and just to hear Larry trying to talk about money, you know, how much is this gonna cost? But that was really uh I mean, I don't remember Larry uh Larry was a funny guy. He was a good. I, I loved everybody I worked for and with there. So yeah, speaking of that, so who technically do you work for? Was it the director? Was it the showrunner, Larry and Jerry? Like who did you have to kind of? All of them. All of the above. So all it's interesting. You mentioned Sharonis, and we're big Sharonis fans because we're you know more loyal to seasons one through five. And when he left, we felt there was. I don't know. It, it kind of turned into two, two different shows. Did you feel that as well on set? Kind of the, the, the stark difference between Sharonis and Ackerman or not? Uh, not at all. I, I didn't feel um, I didn't feel any any big changes. I, I think they both, you know, got went for the same kind of shots. And and I think I think the, the, that's probably more because of Larry and Jerry being you know this still this you know the main highway and 
I, I think they, uh, I, I, you know, I really never got a lot of input from those guys. They, they did, they sort of let us run with it, which was, which of course made it a lot more fun for us. And whether it was uh, Tom or Andy, um, you know, it made a big, uh, uh, they, they listened, you know, they would say, I'd say, what do you want to do here? I can make this happen fast. If you tell me what you want to do, because we all have often had way more to shoot than we should have. And um, uh, there was there were ways through that. Some of our sets were lit by two lamps sometimes, you know, and that was it. Because well, I mean, the guys would walk in, they'd say one one line and that was the end of the, that scene and they'd move on. We had more sets. We had more sets in one week. In Seinfeld. than cheer uh, not cheers i think it was cheer then cheers had in a whole season <laughs> yeah they were i mean they were ground that was groundbreaking at the time i mean that was what they did right they were they'd be a, a shot of just someone in in a quick apartment on a phone like you said and that was the whole the whole the whole scene right. one yeah i mean that was gonna be one of my questions you kind of just answered it so i don't know if there's a way you can elaborate even more but like you worked on so many shows and so many great shows and, and throughout you know several different decades um and from everyone we've talked to the way seinfeld did it like you mentioned earlier they didn't know what they were doing when they started as far as they had no blueprint they weren't going to do it the way it's always been done um i was curious from your perspective you know you just touched on a little bit like how how much different um were they really like on set it sounds like it, it was completely different very very different in this and i remember the first time um we we did a scene and you know I, I i had i had grown up on single camera as a as a cinematographer and when we would do single camera car scenes you point one camera at the uh, things have changed dramatically with digital and everything but back then when we we're on film you shoot the driver then you do another run you shoot you shoot the passenger then you do another run you shoot them both together and and Tom Jerome has parked the car in the street and said, Wayne, like this so I can shoot it with four cameras. And he walked away and I went, oh my God. But we did it. We figured it out. You know, it was that kind of show. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. And uh, uh, I think there were uh, probably a few things. I I'd always thought, I, I, I'm going off on a tangent, but do you remember the one where Kramer is in the, in the, the jet? No, where uh, uh, I, I forget who's in the jet, but they're driving down the taxiway, a, a passenger jet, and yes. who's Kramer, out there? Kramer is running alongside the, the plane. <laughs> that was in a parking lot on the back lot of uh, CBS. The airport, yeah, one of my favorite episodes. Um, <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah, so you touched on Kramer, I think. What we didn't get to is, were you? Did you realize you what what you what you were a part of? I mean, do you have any stories about? I guess Jason. I see Jason Alexander poster behind you, Jason, uh, Julia, or some of the some of the various guest stars. Did you interact with them a lot, or were you primarily with showrunner and and Sharonis? What is a cast? If you had, if you needed them to do something to make something work, lighting wise, they would do it. I remember, okay, here's one time, uh, uh, Julia 
and you know, and Julia and Michael would uh, would get in these great, you know, fisticuffs, you know, like, and uh, uh, but Michael. Once Mike uh, Michael Richards gets into Kramer, he's Kramer. He's Kramer. You're not going to mess. You're, if you're talking to anybody at that point, you're talking to Kramer because he would really work on it, you know. And so I'd, I had to go to Julia and I said, "See that light up there? Get in it," because she was so much shorter than 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 Michael. And I said, and she said, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> she, you know, and she did it. She she move herself over and get into her life because <laughs> michael would just go nuts you know if it was one of those scenes where he would go nuts i said you just got to stay in your light julie and she would do it she'd make she'd make it work for you know for everybody and so and so would everybody on that show and, and uh, jason's another one jason's the kind of guy you can you can sit there and have a discussion about uh baseball football or something He'll go out, they'll say, okay, we're ready to roll. And he'll walk out into the set. He he will not miss one word, one line or anything and give you a very dramatic uh, a thing and then come right, come right back to the conversation that he was having before they said roll it. <laughs> he would, you know, those were, you know, it, was, it wasn't just serendipity that Seinfeld was a hit. They had really good people, you know? Right. Uh, yeah and, and i mean obviously you're one of them wayne and that, that's that's a testament to you and and i mean the shows that you've worked on um it just goes to show i mean many of the shows you've worked on are huge you know just iconic and great shows i mean king of queens was also engagement news radio these were shows that you know they were not as different and as good in our opinion as seinfeld but they were different and and a step above most of the other shows that were on during that time they were like there was especially, I mean, news reader, the writing on that show is amazing. You know, um, Rules of Engagement, O'Hara loves Rules of Engagement. I mean, these shows are just, and people like you working on them is why. It's like from everyone, from every cast member, every crew member. So it's it's uh, it's great to see you have all these connections. And a lot of these connections are Seinfeld connections. Rules of Engagement, you know, um, has a Seinfeld connection. Um, I know you worked on um, Come to Papa with Tom Papa was... Was Jerry involved with that or, or no? Because I know they're pretty close and, and Jerry's, uh, you know, produced a few of his things. There, but you know who was? And I think it was really one of his first, you know, uh, regular things on, okay, help me. Uh, um, some 40-year-old uh, virgin. Virgin. What's his name? Steve uh, Carell. Steve Carell was on that show. And, uh, uh, I think it was one of his first forays into uh, television. I mean, it was obviously just a great, uh, a great performer and a great you know, presence, you know. So Wayne, the, the limo was your favorite. Were there any you wish you had back or you could change something that, that you, you did or not? You know, I've watched the show over and over, uh, you know, like I said, late at night, if it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm going to bed, sometimes I'll, I'll click channel 13 and we'll watch it. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I don't know if I did it or not. Uh, I have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as, as Seinfeld goes, oh, God, I still think 
that's still one of my favorite shows. My my favorite episodes is the limo, just because how it looks. With we had that wet down, that God given wet down. You know, it just sparkled. Yeah, and you you clearly took off from there. I mean, who would have thought? You know, walking through the parking lot, seeing Joan Van Horn would lead to you know. 135 plus episodes right i mean incredible runways and well and the other thing to say to say about about it was you know cbs studios uh it was a pretty crummy new york street to begin with and i think i in fact i know they had threatened to go to take the show to paramount and and cbs said no 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 wait a minute we'll help we'll go have these you guys get to use it for free for like 20 episodes and we'll get the back lot done. And once they did that, we were, we were, it was, that's what made the show easy because it was a lot of people would say when they have to leave the stage and go outdoors, you know, it can take hours. We did it in 15 minutes. We walked out, rolled the cameras out, rolled the, and it all worked. And we, you know, we owned that street for the the rest of that uh, series, and that was fun. And another another thing, another one that was owned by the series was, uh, uh, come on, uh, it was a subway car. And if you guys, there's one where where Michael is obsessed with getting this um, gyro, um, the gyro, the gyro stop, yeah, old subway car. Yeah. That car scraped off the uh, trailer while it was heading back to its home at Warner Brothers on, under a bridge on Lancashire Boulevard. It just got destroyed. So we had we had two things that were wonderful about that show is that we got to build our, Tom Azari, the, our, the production designer, got to build the car and he came to me, God bless him, said, Wayne, where do you want the lights? You know, I was going to put, you know, uh, uh floors and tubes you know and stuff so it'd make it real easy to turn this one on turn this one off and we you know shoot all this so we did that and but the one the the one that you guys are talking about the the euros if you look at that that's the old subway car that got destroyed every everything after that was was this brand new you know easily done uh subway car that's so forgot about that <laughs> you guys are professionals well, that's what i was going to ask you you know before that you go wayne i mean you've been talking about a show that you probably haven't maybe thought about or talked about in in quite some time it's been off the air and whatnot and you know i don't know if there's anything that's kind of been jogged in your memory that you want to share that maybe we you know we missed or that just came up or any stories you know in one story you might have from either behind the scenes or, or on set or anything like that like you know while we're here talking about it i don't know okay i'll tell you uh, there's one that <laughs> don't know if it ever worked out i'm still waiting i i I need to see it again uh and it's what when they built the new new york street at cbs it's just a block long that's all you need you know and uh they put these sprinklers on top of the uh, on top of these you know they're supposed to be i guess what do you have in new york four-story walk-ups or something a three-story walk-ups all right uh, the, the the uh so they built these sprinklers and we had this scene where Jerry's trying to buy an umbrella. And it was just one of those days when there just wasn't enough backlight to see 
a little amount of rain. So we so we turned it into a like a uh, you know a um, downpour from a uh, um, climate climate problem. You know, it was just I because I, I couldn't see it on on you know we had to see this rain that Jerry and it was he got soaked everything got soaked just to try and get that rain on him that day when he was trying to buy the umbrella. It wasn't supposed to be, the, the joke wasn't supposed to be that Jerry is so. The joke is supposed to be that Jerry has to buy this umbrella. But it, I think I think we created a joke at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's great yeah, to hear stories yeah. like that. Yeah. Anybody still talk with anybody from the show these days? Yes, uh, in fact, she's one of your. Uh, she had you had one of her. Uh, uh, you had her on, uh, uh, my friend Stephanie Kennedy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Steph and so, yeah, so it, it was really fun. We we all got about nine of us got together. Stephanie being one of them, and just reminisced for a while. It was so fun. Oh, were you at the the Peggy Lane party with? Uh... Yes, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We had her on. We had Peggy. We had Peggy on too. And you know, we're most of us are still working. I think. God bless. <laughs> That's awesome. Wayne, yeah, I mean, of course, you're still working. You're all amazing, amazing at what you do. That's why it's the greatest show of all time. And you're gonna, you're always gonna. I mean, what about you, Wayne? What What are you up to these days? I I, uh, you know, <laughs> I just I finished a couple of weeks ago. Probably, and I'm, I'm still, you know, doing doing sitcoms. But I spent it a couple of weeks ago, I got this phone call out of the blue, all of a sudden, and it was due to Gay Pride Week. Um, the, uh, uh, I did this RuPaul thing with where we took a, a uh, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, Brady Bunch, the Brady, a Brady Bunch episode, word for word. Oh, wow. I know every Brady Bunch episode word for word, by the way, just a side note. And we shot it w with all of the women's parts being played by drag queens. And, and it, it was, I, you know, I read this wow. and I went, hey, let's do it. I mean, I don't, and, but the main thing, the other thing from my point of view, which was neat, it was on a green stage. It was a completely green stage. Nothing, you know, and they put the Brady Bunch uh, sets in via virtual reality, and they uh. had this that would move, and it worked for all three cameras. It, it was sort of a test for a sitcom to say, "Okay, is this going to work?" And by God, it worked. It was. It was. Wow. I walked around in the Brady Bunch. If I looked up at the monitor, I was walking around the Brady Bunch kitchen. If I how, looked at how would it how would it be 3D though? I thought green that's how they do it now. You can tell with the green screen. That's crazy. There's stuff now that I mean, on top of the lenses was was a was a little box, and out of it came these 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 uh, pink and blue rays that went up to the ceiling of the stage and found little dots. With that, oh, with that information, wow. the computer information—like a three D model or something—it made. Yeah. Who where the camera was supposed to be, 
and it would, would adjust for that. It was amazing. It was, it's the future of. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the wave of the future right there. That's how it's going to be done. Why wait? Why have all the set design? All that? I mean, it's a shame, I think. I mean, building sets and everything is what's great about. I'm more of a Star Wars, make the little models than a CGI thing, but, you know, so be it. It's the future. I mean, now that's, that's where we're headed. I mean, the Mandalorian uses it extensively uh, and a couple of other of those shows use it extensively to make things work. You know, that you can put any background you want. Incredible. Right. Well, listen, Wayne, this was uh this was an absolute treat. Thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. And uh best of luck. We'll check out that the the Brady Bunch thing you were you referenced and um it's just... on uh it's on Paramount uh plus. Plus awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Wayne. This was great. Yes, thank you. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Keep up the good work. <laughs> thank you. Thank the you. The limo, baby. Nothing better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>